Thank you, Lord. Well, open your Bible this morning to the book of Exodus chapter 15. I've got a pulpit full of stuff up here today. (laughs) Exodus 15, let's pray. Father, as we come to your word, we thank you that your word is life, nourishment to our spirit. And Father, as we approach your word, we do so reverently, Lord. We ask you to speak to our hearts. We become, Lord, as we become doers of your word and not hearers only, we become recipients of all your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Throughout the Old Testament, one thing that we see God doing is he began to speak to his people through many different covenant names. How many realize that God is a covenant God? Thank you, Shinky. I'm glad you... Covenant. You know, we, we actually don't know much about covenant in our, in our society now. I mean, who's the last, when's the last time you made a blood covenant with someone? And so a covenant, though, it's a binding agreement. And, you know, there was many parts of the blood covenant. And, um, you know, I'm not going through all that today. But God is a covenant God. So basically you can sum it up like this. All that I have is his. All that he has is mine. And so God began to reveal himself in the Old Testament. And so as the Lord would lead us, I want to share some of these different names that God revealed to his people. And in this revelation, God binds himself to this. He reveals himself as this to me. As we look over in Exodus 15, one of the first things that God reveals to us is his name and we'll we'll see it here in just a moment many of the compound jehovah names so here in exodus 15 the israelites have been delivered from egyptian bondage they've come through the red sea and of course how, how many know when you when you've been out there in the desert you're very thirsty and so verse 23 says, And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. So the word Marah means bitter or bitterness. And the people murmured. They did what? How many know that, that murmuring is different than believing God? And so... You know, murmuring is the incorrect response to challenges and difficulty that comes in our life. If you want to go down and stay down, just gripe and fuss when you have problems. And, you know, that's, that's what most people do in the world system. That's why the Bible says, don't be conformed to this world. What, what's the, the world's direction? It's negativity. It's, it's, you know, well, have you ever talked to somebody and said, what do you say on Monday? Hey, how's it going? What do people use to say? It's Monday. I talked to a, um, a minister after we first moved here. Now he, he's, he's, he's not even here. This was many years ago. And he's, you know, I said, hey, how you doing? He said, well, I'm here. Boy, that's really good. That's really going to stir me up. If, if I'm a minister, I'm going to tell somebody, well, I'm here. 
<laughs> Amen. And so we're supposed to have the victory. Not just murmuring, not complaining. And so there's a phrase that, that um, I heard a minister say this one time, and it really helped. It says this, doubt despairs, complains, and is sad. But faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. So doubt, what does that doubt do? It despairs. It complains and is sad. But faith rejoices, gives thanks. Everyone say that. Faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. So, so what if you meet someone that, that's always griping and they're sad? Then, then we know that they're not much of a faith person, right? It's okay to answer, you know, if, if, if I ask you a question, it's okay to, to respond. This is an interactive service. We're, there's no wrong answers. There's no scolding. <laughs> so faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. Hallelujah. So who has something to be glad about today? The Bible tells us that by his stripes I was healed. With long life he would satisfy me. So as we see in this passage, <clears throat> so they were putting pressure on him and they cried unto the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. So can the bitterness today in your life be made sweet? Sickness is a bitter pill. Can malignancy be healed? Can it be made sweet? Can toxicity be, be made clean and normal? Of course it can. And so how, how was it made sweet? The Bible says here that the Lord showed him a tree. Now, have, have you ever read any other scriptures about a tree? The Bible talks about how Jesus was hung on a tree. So this is actually prophetic of the tree we see when Jesus is hung on the cross in Acts 5, verse 30. And so he says he became a curse when he hung on that tree. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So I want you to look right here in verse 26. After he showed him a tree, he cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Then he, he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. And he said, in verse 26, which is right in his sight, diligently will give to the voice of the Lord your God, and will do that which will put in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. I will put, now the King James says, I will put none of these diseases upon you which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now, as we study this, it's, the language is more in the, not the causative, but the allowing. I will not bring, I will not allow any, any of these diseases. Because how many know there's no sickness in heaven? And so if, if God's will is going to be done on the earth, he's not going to put sickness and disease on anyone. He doesn't have any. But he says here, I will not put any of these diseases on you I will not allow any of these diseases to be upon you which I have brought upon the Egyptians for I am the Lord that healeth thee and so 
you know, sometimes people think, well, you know, God caused this or whatever. Well, you know, God allowed it. But, you know, there's a lot of things God allows because we allow things. But, you know, how many know the Bible talks about they were out the, in the, when, when they murmured and complained, the Bible talks about they were bitten of fiery serpents. Well, how come they weren't bitten before? The desert's full of fiery serpents. But what it was, he didn't allow them to be bitten. It, what, what happened was there's this hedge of protection upon them. But when they began to complain, this, this hedge came down. And so how, how do you have protection? How do you keep that protection? You walk according to his will. You walk according to his statutes. None of these things, none of these diseases will he allow to, to be upon you. Look at the last phrase. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. So this is one of the very first ones that he reveals himself to. His people. Jehovah Rapha. The Lord my healer. Or we can say this. The Lord thy physician. Hallelujah. I'm glad today that I have a great physician. His name is Jesus. The great physician. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But notice he says here, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. Hold your place there. Look in Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy 7. In verse 12, he says, Wherefore it shall come to pass, if you hearken to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he swear unto thy fathers. And he will love you and bless you and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your land, thy corn, thy wine, thy oil, the increase of thine kind and the flocks of thy sheep, in the land which he swear to thy fathers to give thee. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be male nor female barren among you or among your cattle. Verse 15. And the Lord will take away from you all sickness and will put none of the evil diseases or he will not allow any of the evil diseases of Egypt which you knew upon you. But will lay them upon all them that hate thee. You know, there's a difference between the believer and the non-believer. You know, God puts the difference between the believer and the non-believer. I mean, people think, well, you know, God loves everyone the same. He does, but there is a difference between his kids and the world. And so one of the great things he says here, he said, he's going to take away from you all sickness. You know, that's a good way to pray over your food. He says, in Exodus, you say, I'm going to bless your bread and your water and take all sickness away from the midst of you. So that's a good way to pray over your food. Father, I thank you for this food. I thank you that, brings, that Lord, you bring health and healing. And Lord, that you take all sickness away from the midst of me. Like one minister said, if you know what the word of God says and accurately discern it, you can take healing with every bite. Amen. Why? Because your, your food is sanctified. And so, I want to give you four different things that God reveals, or five different ways that God reveals himself 
as the healer today and in the Bible. Number one, he is Jehovah Rapha. We, we see Jehovah Rapha, healing is in his name. And so how do we know that God is a healer? Many people have questions about this today. Is Jesus a healer? Is, does God still heal today? Well, healing is actually in his name. Jehovah Rapha, it's kind of like this. It's funny, like CNN, you know, they, they make this one thing and they'll say, well, you know, um, God never did um, say anything in the Bible about tithing how much it is. Well, the word tithe actually means 10%. And so God's name actually reveals who he is. So one of his big covenant names is this, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my physician. Say this, I have a healer. I have a great physician. So that means that when the, the, your regular physician says, there's nothing that can be done, there's no hope, you're in the last stages, guess what? I have a, 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 better, a better promise. I've got a great physician. His name is Jesus. I mean, I, I know in my own testimony, I um, had come down with some different symptoms in my body. And um, went to the hospital, went to the doctor, and, and, you know, they did all these different tests. And uh, they, um, they said, well, you know, we don't know what's going on with you. And then I went back the next time, and uh, they said, oh, um, let's check your thyroid. Let's see how that looks. And um, anyway, a normal thyroid reading should be about four. Uh, optimal should be under that, two-something. And they said, oh, your, your TSH is 100. What do you, how are you even still alive? And um, so anyway, that's good news to get when you go to the doctor, you know. And so um, anyway, through the process of time, I'm holding up, and I wish I would have taken words or pictures then because my, my feet actually, they, they look deformed because the only pair of shoes I could wear, thankfully, were at least I could wear my work boots. And um, just over and over, and... You know, I, I began going to a to a natural homeopathic doctor and 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 doing that, but and and maybe saw a little bit there. But as I kept doing that, I kept feeding my spirit on the Word of God. I kept kept feeding on God's Word. I mean, even at that time, I remember. Actually, that was the year before um, teaching in the Bible school. But I remember that they um, the the students that were in the my Bible school class, I wasn't a pastor then, but they just said, we'll, you know, hope you get better and, or we know you're getting better by stripes, you're healed. So I had all that. But as I went through that, the change happened in the, um, the summer of that year, um, Pastor Rodney prayed and laid hands on me. And almost instantly, all that swelling went away. But you know, healing is a recovery. A lot of people get upset because someone lays hands on them and they're not instantly well. But healing is actually a recovery. If you can't take a miracle, will you take a recovery? How many remember what Jesus said? Or He prayed for this one individual and they said, when was he healed? And they said, at the hour that he spoke the word, he began to amend. How many know when you begin to amend, that doesn't mean all your symptoms just fly away. When you begin to amend, that means you get better and better and better. 
And so Jehovah Rapha is in the name. Number two, healing is part of redemption. And so as we establish the different names of God, today I'm establishing the fact that he is my healer. He is my healer. He's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my physician. But I want you to look at this. Turn to Isaiah 53. A lot of times we just quote these verses and they go right over people's heads. So it's important we see this. Isaiah 53. Healing is a part of redemption. So when we say redemption, we mean God buying us back, the plan of redemption where we're saved. But just because we're saved from sin, a lot of people say, what am I saved from? Well, usually people will say sin. Well, that's true. Yeah, 50 is a lot more that we're saved from. And let's look in verse 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Hallelujah. So this is the plan of redemption. Isaiah is prophesying about a time when Jesus would come and provide redemption for us. And part of that is this. He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Now, if you look at this, this word grief is the word sickness. And we're going to prove this out in the book of Matthew, but surely hath borne our griefs, sickness, and carried our sorrows, which is pain. You know, many years ago, there was a, uh, they were translating the Bible, this one uh, modern translation, and they got to this verse, and there was a group of people there, and they had scholars from all different walks in denominations and things like that, walks of life. And so different backgrounds. I mean, this actually happened. And they got to this one part and they said, you know, if we translate it like, you know, we're going we're gonna to fall into what they believe. Some of the other people said, hey, you know, we've, we've translated like this such and such a times in the Bible. And instead of translating it sickness and pain, they did grief and sorrows and put a footnote at the bottom. Why? Because, you know, we don't, we don't want to rock the boat, you know, and say. Matthew 8, 17. That were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. That it might. And spoke of our sicknesses. It was spoken by who? So he's, he's relaying back what Isaiah had said. So how many know the Holy Ghost knows our infirmities and bear our sicknesses? Say this, he took my infirmities and bear my sicknesses. Bear them. I shouldn't. And then look at 1 Peter chapter 2. In verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. 
that Jesus died on the tree. He bore everything that we would live, not under sin, but under righteousness. But look at the rest of the verse. By whose stripes you were healed. By whose stripes I was healed. Now Isaiah is looking ahead to the cross. He says this. By whose stripes you were healed. Peter is looking back. Well, actually, Isaiah, he's saying, by whose stripes we are healed, are healed. Peter says we were healed. Why? Because he's looking back to the cross. By whose stripes. Now, that word in the Hebrew means bruised. A bruise. You know, if you hit something enough, it's just going to be one big welt. And, and you have this one big bruise. By this one bruise on his back, all those 39 stripes... You were healed. Hallelujah. You know, the bio, medical science even says that there's 39 classifications of disease. How many stripes did Jesus have? 39. So he had a stripe for every one of those classifications of disease. Hallelujah. So some, sometimes you just need to say that. Devil, his, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. I'm not trying to get healing. I'm already healed 2,000 years ago. I was healed. So healing is a part of redemption. Don't, don't let anyone ever tell you, well, you know, healing is not really important because, you know, God doesn't care about that stuff, you know, and he just cares that your spirit is saved. You know, people talk about, you know, they'll read verses like this and they'll say, you know, that just means spiritual healing. <laughs> you know, the Bible really doesn't even call, there's not even such thing as spiritual healing. But your spirit doesn't get healed, your body gets healed. And so with his stripes, I was healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So number one, we see healing is in the name of Jesus or in the name of God, which is personified through Jesus. Number two, healing is a part of redemption. Number three, we see healing in the ministry of Jesus. In the ministry of Jesus. Matthew chapter four and verse 23 says this. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. You can say it like this, all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. So the ministry of Jesus actually is a, a revelation of God. It's the will of God in action. So if you want to know what God's will is, just look at Jesus' life. If you want to know what's God's will today, then look at the ministry of Jesus. What did he say? That's what the will of God is today. Matthew 9, verse 35 says about the same thing. And you know, I should write a whole list of these, but the Bible talks several times about how he went about healing every sickness, every disease. 
all sickness, all disease. Matthew 9, verse 35 says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So what about yours? What about sickness that tries to ravage your body? Is that included in that list? He heals every sickness and every disease. In fact, in fact, you just have to look at it and just say, you know, sickness, I don't care what the name is. You call it cancer, you call it diabetes. You're nothing compared to God. But see, a lot of times people get, instead of magnifying God, they magnify the sickness. And you know, they know all the Hebrew names for the sickness and all the, all the, <laughs> the long words for it. All you need to know is 1 Peter 2.24. With his stripes, I... What's that got to do with it? See, if you, you keep saying it, you keep believing, you keep building that on the inside of you. With his stripes, I was healed. Hallelujah. And you know, we've said this before, but... You know, there, there is a, pl a part that you play with the Lord because you don't want to just... You know, back in the, the healing revival, especially back in the 1940s and 50s, you'd have people that would be, um, you know, be prayed for and for their glasses and, and you know, pray for, for and then have a wreck on the way home from the meeting. <clears throat> just because you get prayed for doesn't mean you just throw your medicine away. You know, some people's faith is in the fact of them not taking medicine. But there's some, and so what you do is you just keep building your faith. There was a, a man who was in the ministry. He, he was taking insulin. He was diabetic. And so as he would give, Lord, you, you um, so-and-so prayed for me. The healing power of God is flowing in my body now. I believed I received my healing. And I thank you for, for the healing power. He began registering less and less sugar. What happened? He was totally healed. But what if he'd just thrown away his medicine to God? But as you do that, as you, if, as you give the word of God, Lord, I thank you that I'm healed from that. Put your glasses on the morning. Lord, I thank you that I'm healed, that I'm, that I'm healed, I'm whole, that I see 20-20 vision. Thank you that your power is working in me mightily to affect a healing and a cure. And as you do that, what are you doing? You're building your faith. We saw in verse 35, he healed every manner of sickness, every disease among the people. Look in, um, skip down a couple. He gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. We go out as we lay hands on the sick. Notice that the signs don't just follow a preacher. Who do signs follow? Them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. In my name... They shall speak with new tongues. In my name, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So here's what he said here. Go um, praying for them. You have power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner or all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Hallelujah. 
And so as we go out, we see the whole ministry of Jesus. And we could look at many, many scriptures where Jesus ministered to people. The Bible tells us in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power and went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So what does Jesus call sickness and disease? Satanic oppression. You are oppressed of the enemy. That doesn't mean you have a devil. That doesn't mean you're demon-possessed. But how many know that he can exert a certain amount of influence upon a body? Any kind of sickness. Any kind of disease. Not that you have sinned. How many remember when the, uh, the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, in, um, Jesus, Matthew chapter 9, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? I mean, you get started early sinning if you, if you already sinned before you're born. I mean, you, you, that's what they were saying. You know, that he was born blind. Who sinned? Did he sin while he was in the womb or, uh, or was it his parents? He said, neither of them. He said, but that the works of God might be manifest, I must work the work of him that sent me. The, the, the daytime is now, but the night's coming when no man can work. And so it's not just because of someone's individual sin, but because of the, the original sin. That's why we have sickness in the earth. Why? Because Adam. Why do we have sickness in the earth? Because man fell. But how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good. What is doing good in the Bible? Healing all those that are oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Then Luke 13 verse 16 talks about a woman that was bowed over. We could say like maybe like a rheumatoid arthritis. The Bible says that she, in fact, just turn over there. Luke, Luke 13. I hate sickness and disease. I said I hate sickness and disease. I hate the devil. Hate, hate, what do you mean hate? If you don't have a hatred for the devil, then you're not thinking right. I didn't say people. I love people. <laughs> I love God. I love people. But the devil, I mean, he and I have no uh, love lost. Luke 13 says this in verse 11. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity. 18 years. And was bowed together and could in no wise lift herself up. Have you ever seen people like that? And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was straight and glorified God. He says, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. What does Jesus say to us today? Son, daughter, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her. See, laying on of hands is a, a biblical doctrine, this part of the doctrine, the fundamental doctrine of Christ. You know, sometimes people see people laying hands on um, people all the time. They say, boy, they do that all the time and they're trying to make a doctrine out of it. 
Well, you don't have to make a doctrine. Jesus already did 2,000 years ago. <laughs> and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue, here comes the pastor of the church, he answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, I mean, you, of course, you got to hear the voice, that real religious professional voice. There are six days in which men ought to work. In them, therefore, come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. Now, I love Jesus. He, people say they want to be just like Jesus, but you know, Jesus, he was real direct with people. He says, you hypocrite. Doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham? So what are we talking about when we say a daughter of Abraham? We're talking about covenant once again. We have a covenant. I have covenant rights. I like what Pastor George Pearson said. When, when it comes to giving and the devil tries to, to steal money from you, I am a tither. I have tither's rights. Amen. Amen. I say that over myself. I have tither's rights. All now this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound. Notice, Jesus said that Satan hath bound this woman. Shouldn't she, who's been bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. And all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. So I want you to notice, what does Jesus, Jesus calls sickness and disease satanic bondage. Satanic bondage. Do you know that sickness and disease is bondage? If not, then you've never been sick. You've never had things like I've had. It's bondage. Why? Because it steals your money. It steals your time. It steals your vitality. And it steals your productivity in life. It's like the people that, you know, you know about every two weeks, they're going to be out of work at least two days. Why? Now, sometimes that may not be full sickness, but sometimes it is. It steals. It's a killer. But thank God we have Jehovah Rapha. Hallelujah. Everyone say Jehovah Rapha. The Bible tells us in Mark, excuse me, Mark chapter 10, verse 46. It talks about an individual by the name of blind Bartimaeus. He was on the highway side begging. And so as he was a beggar, what, he had this, this robe on that signified that he was a beggar. He signified the fact that, hey, I'm professionally a beggar. And so Jesus, of course, Jesus passing by, he cries out and says, Lord, have mercy on me. And you know, you can cry out for healing the same way. Lord, have mercy on me. You know, sometimes we've done stupid things in our body. We need mercy too but you don't have to be in sin to have mercy you can just say Lord have mercy on me Lord heal me so what happens he comes along 
Here comes the disciples. Hey, be quiet. Don't you know this is a church? You know, this is quiet around here. And, and hey, that didn't stop him at all. He said he cried even the more. Jesus, son of David. Now, what is that? That's covenant talk. That's covenant language. Have mercy on me. Now, remember the Syrophoenician woman that came to Jesus for, for her daughter? She tried to use covenant language too, but I mean, they, if you look and see, they, they actually live like dogs. I mean, some of the stuff, I wouldn't advise you to look it up, but uh, they live like dogs. And so remember, Jesus said, hey, I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Lord, help me. And, um, you know, he says, it's not right to give the children's bread to the dogs. Uh, she could have been offended, but she said, Lord, Lord, true. But, you know, even the dogs under the table, they, they get scraps. I can just see Jesus with a smile on his face. He said, says, daughter, thy faith hath made you, made your, you know, the devil's going out of your daughter right now. Hallelujah. So this woman, this daughter of Abraham, should she not be loosed? We see this all throughout where, just like in blind Bartimaeus, have mercy on me. And of course, the disciples, they're like, be quiet, man. And Jesus says, hey, bring him to me. And of course, now the disciples, they, they have a different tune. And they say, hey, guess what? The master's calling for you. Be of good cheer. Come on. I mean, talking about being crazy. And so, of course, they come to Jesus and he says this. He says, what will you that I do unto thee? Now, wouldn't that seem like a crazy question to ask a blind man? Blind man, what is it you need? Um, Lord, I just need my, I've got an ingrown toenail today. I, I need healing for a cough. <laughs> no, he says, because I believe that God is always looking for a confession. He's looking for faith to come out. <clears throat> he says, Lord, that I might receive my sight. According to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith. Now, I want to just tell you, as you sit here today, the greatest determining factor for your healing, who needs healing in their body? Something that you need healing. Amen. Then the greatest factor and determining factor is your faith. Your faith in what God's word says. Amen. So we know that healing was, was a huge part of Jesus' ministry. What did he do? He was always teaching, preaching, healing. Teaching, preaching, and healing. So if people want to take healing away from the ministry of Jesus, they're taking one-third of the ministry of Jesus out and, and putting it away from them. Hallelujah. But healing, say this, healing belongs to me. So number four, we see healing in the book of Acts. The book of Acts. You know, the book of Acts is the church after the resurrection. So a lot of times people say, well, you know, that, that happened when those things um, happened with the disciples and the apostles, but when the last apostle died, those things ceased. <clears throat> 
Well, we're still part of the book of Acts today. But if you look in like Acts chapter 3, there's several different places, but I'll just a couple different places here in Acts chapter 3. This is when the, the crippled man is at the gate called Beautiful at the hour of prayer. Verse 2, a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them with entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go in, ask an alms. Now I love this. Peter, fastening his eyes upon him, said with, with John said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then said Peter, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I want to ask you today, do you have something? Well, you know, I don't, I don't have anything. Well, don't lay hands on me then. Do you have something? You should have something on the inside. I'm not talking about that you're the source of that, but you are just the, you just flow with the Holy Ghost and he flows through you. You have that anointing on the inside of you. He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Give I thee in the name. So we know he had the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. Somebody show me what it's like to walk and leap and praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Walking and leaping and praising God. And they knew that it was him that sat and begged at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Hallelujah. And the lame man which was healed held Peter and John. All the people ran together unto them in the porch that's called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And the Bible goes on to say that they, they said, what happened to cause this to happen? He said, it's not just our name and it's not our holiness, but by the name of Jesus Christ. And his name through faith in his, his name hath made this man strong, whom you see and know Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible tells us over in Acts chapter 14, in verse 7, it says, And there they preached the gospel. What is gospel? Good news. There they preached the good news. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak. How many know it's important to hear the word? Who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. He said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. And when the people saw what Paul had done, 
they lifted up their voices. Saying in the speech of Lyconia, the gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. I'm glad you're awake. I, I knew you had a long midnight shift last night. Little guy's been sleeping. And they called Barnabas, Jupiter, and Paul Mercurius because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Jupiter, which was before their city, brought oxen and garlands into the gates and would have done sacrificed people. And I'm not going to go and read in there, but notice it said, there they preached the gospel and what happened? As a result of the preaching the gospel, you're going to get what you preach. You know, if you, if you don't preach healing, you're not going to get healing. If you don't preach on abundance, you're not going to have abundance. Whatever you preach, one, there was a ministry had a healing school and they, this one guy came kind of defiant. He said, he's like, you know, we don't ever see anything like this in our church. We don't ever see healings. He said, we don't believe that. He said, oh, okay. So you don't have any, have any healings in your church? No. And you don't believe it? He said, no. He said, I wonder if there's any connection there. You don't preach it, you don't believe it, and you don't have it. He said, we preach it, we believe it, and we have a, a, a book full of testimonies of what God's done. Amen. So if you ever need something in your life, just preach it. I don't care if you had to preach it to yourself. And so number five is the church today. Where do we see Jehovah Rapha? Well, we see it in his name. We see the healing as part of redemption. We see it in the ministry of Jesus. We see it in the book of Acts. And then number five, we see it in the church today. Hebrews 13, verse 8 says this, Jesus Christ the same. Everyone say, Jesus is the same. Jesus Christ the same, yesterday, today, and forever. You know, I don't have to know any of other verses. And if I know that Jesus did something, I know he's the same today. Well, you know, Jesus used to do that. You know, Jesus used to heal and, and, and he, he, he delivered then. But, you know, now we're in a different covenant and he, he doesn't do that. Now we have medical doctors and Jesus Christ the same. See, that's what people believe. But Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Everything he did, he's doing today. He's the baptizer of the Holy Ghost then. He's the baptizer of the Holy Ghost now. He's the healer then. He's the deliverer then. Then he's the same today. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So say this. I have a healer. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Every head bow, every eye closed. Father, even as we just ministered your word today, we thank you that you are a covenant-keeping God. And Lord, we just thank you that you are the healer of every sickness and every disease. Even as Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases. 
So, Father, we just thank you that you heal every sickness and every disease, even today. Lord, we get our eyes off the circumstance, and we put our eyes on you. We put our focus on you even now. In the name of Jesus.